Fantastic. Jessica Georgian, I thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I'm going to keep this really simple to begin with. It is June. We are halfway through 2023. Has this year been a busy one for you so far, starting with you first, Jessica? Yeah, you know, it's been kind of weird because it's like the film industry is at such an interesting point in time here, especially in the U.S. You know, we've got a lot going on with the strikes and all that. Mm. So, you know, uh, it, you know, it, it's really I think what's interesting is we're at such a pivotal point in like entertainment here in the U.S., where we've got a lot on the line and it's kind of a needed point in time, I think for everyone just to make these really like important decisions, especially like you've probably been all, all hearing about the AI stuff and all that. And I could probably talk about that forever, <laughs> but I'll just leave it succinctly with, <laughs> it's been interesting. You know, it's a lot of fun in terms of you know, what we've got going on, Georgina and I with Consumed and with this project, that's been really great. Um, and we're excited to just see like where the rest of the year goes. How are yeah. you doing, Georgina? How have you been busy this year? You know, I mean, I second, it's a we it's been a weird, I mean, it's been a weird three years. I feel like the pandemic only, I mean, we only just stopped testing, I think on sets like a few months ago. Like, I think that was still in the SAG agreements. Um, yeah. I can't believe it's halfway through 2023 when you said that I was like, oh my gosh. Um, but I, I mean, I just wrapped on quantum leap, the mm. reboot that was really fun. And then obviously we have consumed, which is going through it's, you know, we're it's coming out into the world now. We're really proud of it. And it was how actually JP and I became friends. Like we kind of knew each other before, but she had at, like through mutual friends. And then she had asked me and I was like, you know what? I read the script. I had some ideas and I was like, sure. Oh my God. I'm getting into other questions here. Probably saying that, but I'm probably like hopping to like part way through the interview, but um, <laughs> we're excited for it to, to have its, you know, it's world premiere and all this fun stuff. Ooh, my ring light. Well, you're absolutely right. I can scrub through the next one about where you first met. So instead, I want to ask then, and uh, basically, what made you want to work together? Because the difference between meeting and admiring each other's work, but working together right. is a, it's a big ask. Right. Well, it's interesting because, you know, as Georgina touched upon, like, you know, we had mutual friends and we actually added each other. So I added her because I knew her husband, Mark. And I, and, and I was like, oh, Georgina, I totally am already knew her work and loved what she's done. So I added her on Instagram. I never expected that she was going to follow me back. So I was like totally jazzed that she did. And we became kind of social media friends, which is kind of like mm -hmm. funny, like this is how the world is now. Um, and so we had yet to meet in person. We ran into each other randomly you remember that g like we yeah. randomly ran into each other and i was like already working on this script for consumed to be my first sort of like break into filmmaking myself as a writer director and i was like it kind of was serendipitous and i thought kind of go for it if you don't ask nothing will happen so i reached out and i said hey you can say no <laughs> But I've got this script and I ran into you and it's kind of serendipitous because like I loved your work and I really want to do something together. I think there's something there between us like creatively. Let's, you know, see if there's something here. And so the fact that she agreed to read it already was enough for me to be like so on cloud nine. But then, you know, when she reached out to me and was like, hey, I think this is great you know, it was like, I went to the moon and back, you know? Oh, to the moon. Like, um, listen, I don't do anything. Listen. I don't say anything small here. I'm <laughs> no, it was cool. Like, yeah, we bumped into each other. And then social media is this double edged sword, right? Because sometimes I'm like, ah, about it. And then other times, there's these things like this, where you like see people and it's funny how somebody's Insta when people are like kind of who they are on their Instagram, like, you know, you know, Jessica's very like, you're who you are on your Instagram. Like it's not yeah. a, 
it's not a, you know, obviously elements of life are showpieces. We don't show everything, but like, you mm. know, it's a very genuine communication. And um, I was like, this is cool. I like this. I like this living room. I like those pillows. You know, <laughs> it's like all those funny, I'm very into interiors. So like, that's actually a genuine, I really mean that. Um, anyway, then she sent me, she asked me and honestly, I think one, I, get excited to support up and coming filmmakers, especially when they're women. Cause I think that that's cool and exciting. I like to read everything because you just never know. Like everyone has a story that's interesting. And I think that it's important to at least read everything. My husband and I are both like that. We're like, mm. just read everything. Cause even if it's this low, something can be like, so like a low, low, low budget thing that ends up being this amazing experience or it goes to festivals or whatever it does. But I don't think I didn't get into art to, I got into art because I love art and I got into art to tell stories that I like and to work with really great people. That's kind of it. Like the make money side of things, as we all know in this industry is that's just not the purpose and it can't be all the time. And sometimes you have those moments and other times it's just purely a creative experience. And so when I read it, I just was like, this is cool. I really want to understand what the message is here because that's important to me when I'm picking things that I'm working on. And Jessica, I mean, I should let you kind of take over from there um, what it was, but that kind of, and then just who Jessica is was just, you know, I was like, I feel like this would be really fun. There's something that just feels right about this. And it was, I mean, we can get into other things about how the shoot was, but that's my first, cause always, you know, be over in five minutes. Did, did you find that you shared a similar mindset from these early meetings and getting to know each other on social media, a similar mindset when it come, when it came to changing the horror, horror narrative about women in horror, be it from either an acting a writing, a directing segment um, aspect. Well, actually, I didn't like, I'm not a horror person. Mm. Even though I've done horror, horror is not my go-to to watch. Yep. And so when Jessica first came to me, at first I did say to her, I said, look, I'm going to read it, but yeah. I'm not, oh my God, right. can you hear that? was my cat snoring. Um, no, look, I'm going to read it, but I just, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not usually a horror girl. So it really depends because mm. there is such a massive spectrum of horror there. It, it's Oof. not- yeah, it, it's not just one paintbrush. It's like, there's different, as you as you know. So that was kind of funny because I was like, I don't know when I first heard it was horror. Um, that was what made me nervous actually the most what, in reaching out to Georgina. Because as you know, Georgina did Pontypool, which I'm a zombie girl. You know, mm. all of us horror people, we, I think we kind of gravitate to like one type of monster or or whatever, right? You know, and I've always been a zombie girl. So I've watched every zombie movie and Pontypool, of course, is on that list. So I was kind of like, I'm not sure. Because when I say horror, I feel like that can create like a certain type of uh, imagery in people's minds where they automatically think like gore, slasher, you know, torture porn mm. kind of thing. And although I appreciate <laughs> those, that's not the type of horror I I prefer, you know, so it's like, I, I was a little nervous with that. And she did, I remember now that you, you brought that up too, Georgina. It's funny. Cause she, she did mention to me, she's like, Hey, I'll totally read it just as a warning. Like I'm not normally a horror person. And I said, all I need her, you know, I was thinking all I need her to do is read the script because it's like, I say horror, but like there's such a different aspect to the type of horror that I like to do. Mm. So when she read it and then we kind of opened with, let's have a conversation now that she's read it. And when we spoke about it, it was like, then we really were like found our sort of synergy where we were like, yes, like we both were on the same page and, and felt like, you know, the message that I was trying to get across with consumed, she totally got it. Like we both were on that same, got on that same page, you know? So that's what I think was really beautiful about our relationship as a director uh, and an actor is we were both able to sort of communicate and come to the project with our own visions and ideas and like thoughts 
about what it was going to be and find the synergy. And I think that was like the touchstone to the project, you know? Mm-hmm. And normally as well, you've got to have an open mind about horror, as you've expressed uh, several times throughout this. Uh, it's too wide. It, it, the right. word horror boxes you in, but it's way too wide. You cannot compare, as you say, your slasher to something that's psychological. Um, you know, how do you compare something like Hereditary to something like Evil Dead? You just can't, even though they both sit in the same camp. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, totally. Georgina, from an actor's perspective, um, how do you feel personally and it's quite a wide question this how do you feel you can influence change within the filmmaking sphere to make it a better and safer environment existence for women oh wow that is a big question Mm. (laughs) um I think I think number one is just and I've learned this and I'm and, and so many actors have spoken about this before me of just like thankfully we're in a better time now where we can actually say things that before we were nervous, like we'd be on set. And I look back now and I'm like, gosh, a lot of those things were inappropriate because Mm. this is such, this is such an interesting job because you come onto a set and you're this immediate intimate family and it's very intimate and you're intimate with your actors and, and actors and artists in general are very open and like, just, it's not as like controlled not that this stuff doesn't go on in other jobs like nine to fives twos. And I can't speak to that fully, but like, there's a little bit more of like a, an HR presence compared to being on set when people are being characters too. Mm. Like sometimes you get into situations where, well, I'm like being the character and you're like, that's great. But he called cut and you don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> you know, like there's, there's these things people take advantage of. And I feel for me and my husband are both, you know, cause we're both married and we do this. I, I think, and he's he's actually amazing because as a as a man in this industry, he's very um his sisters. So he's very um protective and aware of the females on set around him and the respect of that is something I really admire as a side note. But for me, it's just like really not being afraid to like this is who I am and this is how I feel about this, and this is how I work. And I don't get scared to be like that's not okay in a very nice way. I just have to, I have to do that because also for their sake, it's not, um, sometimes people are doing things that are, it's a borderline thing and it's making the call, but I think it's, you've got to get in there early of setting. I think I try to just set the example of how this set is going to be. If I'm in that position on the call sheet, it's easier when you're higher up the call sheet to do that for everyone that you can set a, um, you know, like an ethical level of behavior that everyone looks to you for. And it's mm. like, okay, this isn't a, we can just do whatever the F we want situation. This is a respectful collaborative situation with good communication and and that kind of thing. If that makes sense. Like that's, I always just try to set a, an example because people, whether I'm number one on a call sheet or I'm number 20, I can do that even at number 20 when I walk into the space and just be like, all right, this is how I think this should be. And really, and I didn't always do that coming up in the industry. I've had people make comments that I weren't necessarily like super inappropriate, but definitely threw off my work, Mm. like comments, you know, which I didn't like that. I also don't like that when people make comments about your art, when you're in the middle of doing it, I think it's just from crew or whatever. And I also really try to set the tone that the cast and crew, we're a team. This is not a cast versus crew that can sometimes start happening where like, and both sides are responsible for it. But I really try to be like, I introduce myself to everybody. I know everybody's name as best as I can. And like, we're a family, we're making this together. I'm not more important than you because I can't do it. Like, you know, Mm. and especially people who like me, because, you know, that's important. Um, (laughs) I'm inspired by something you said though, Georgina, like, I know it's not my question, but like, I always love when Georgina gets talking because then it inspires me too. And I love that. Well, let me just quickly jump in if you don't mind. I was going to say, I want to ask you the exact same question, but from a director's perspective. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's a nice segue then. I guess we're just like on the same little (laughs) page. It's like what Georgina said about the collaboration thing is I feel so true. So I didn't, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm like, I've made it as a director and whatever. I'm at the start of my journey, right? Like into writing and filmmaking and all that. 
However, I come from a background of being a producer. And luckily, I've been on enough of a wide range of sets from commercials to the smaller stuff, to the TV stuff, to the short films, to the feature films. And it's like the big difference I see, especially with women, is like, I think naturally we tend to sort of have like a nurturing type of personality. And it's like, it's really nice to be able to express that freely in terms of a professional capacity because I love to collaborate and I love to bring people in and have other people that also want to bring me in and collaborate and work together and it's like I know when things are about to go bad when you start to see a sort of conflict of interests or maybe a, a, a sense where someone has a self-importance above the other person and sort of the competition starts, which I think is really the downfall to the set and it can create a bad experience and therefore you forget the art, the message mm -hmm. goes out the window and it becomes kind of this contest of like, who's going to come on top. Mm. I think that that's what's interesting in terms of like a female perspective, how it has been in the past, which I feel is getting better. There's been this sort of gender conflict on set where it's like, you know, the presence of the woman and the man and the this and the, I mean, who cares at the end of the day, what gender you are, right? It's like, can you get the job done? Are you there to help one another and can you collaborate? And that's what's important. Um, and I think we're seeing that more and more and more, especially now and even in horror, I think too. It's like, there's so many fantastic female directors that are up and coming. You know, there's Ellie Mumbai who did that great uh, movie that's coming out that I've been like waiting to see a uh, French film called... Uh, our father, the devil, there's just like a bunch of really great female directors and female leads and all that happening, which I think is really, really cool. So Matt and I had to sit in the same type of chair. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no different chairs for anybody. No different chairs for anybody. I mean, and here's the thing too, it's like, I had so much fun doing Consumed because we all, I think we're on the same page. Like a short film is like a passion project. It is like you're getting people involved who just want to help and be there. And I realized after doing that one short film, I was like, God, I just want to like, if this can be the experience for everything, sign me up. You know mm. what I mean? I've seen the other side as a producer where it's not that way. And I think I left that experience going like, okay, now I know what I actually can clearly see is the like standard for me now. Like this is the new standard. And I think mm -hmm. moving forward on any other film project that I do as a director, I just, I don't care if you're an Academy Award winning individual or if it's the first thing you've ever done. Um, I think I just want that experience and whoever can bring that type of like mentality and experience and collaboration to the set you're in, you know, your changes had to have been, had to have been forced, but change is coming and change continues and we continue to grow and learn. And the, the, yeah. the filmmaking industry, even the last decade, say for example, is completely different to what uh, it was before, which is just simply incredible to see and hear but Jessica, you talk about collaboration. That is not always an easy thing for people when it comes to their own work, particularly something they've written. It, did you find it easy to open up and uh, kind of collaborate with others on this short? Or is it something you've learned over time and just got better at? I think I've always naturally been a very collaborative person since I was a kid, you know? Um, very quick little baby story. When I was younger, I used to write like little plays and I have an older brother and I have a younger brother. And so I would force them to play the parts in my plays at home. And the only thing I wanted for like my 10th birthday was like a camcorder. Of course, this was like literally 25 years ago. So you can imagine how, you know, the technology was then. And I wanted that so that I could force them to then be in my little 
skits and my little movie things. <laughs> and it's like, I loved that process when I was a kid where you just kind of get together and you have an idea and then you, and then one person spitball is spitballing off of that and it kind of goes here and you kind of go, oh, well, wouldn't that be funny? And then they go, yeah, and they should say this at the end. And then you sort of just like come together and it becomes this like strangely like symbiotic material that just feels right to everybody and like you have a lot more fun that way and I think that that was kind of similar in consumed like I wrote consumed and I directed consumed but everyone had a part to play in making consumed what it was mm. and you know Georgina and I, I think spent so much time like just talking about the characters and she really put her heart into who this individual was, what she went through and her feedback in terms of seeing that character through her eyes. It's like, I wrote it, but I could never have done what Georgina did with that role in having her step into Tammy's shoes and seeing her and her emotions and what she would do and what she would, act, you know, so and, and certain dialogue changes that we had had that we both were like feeling really great about and, and all of that, you know? So it's, it was totally a collaborative thing and we had so much fun. And I think the film was so much better for it. Georgina, tying into that, what do you take from being able to collaborate in such a way, particularly on any project compared to um, just coming along, speaking the lines and playing the role, having that level of input? Um, what do you take from that? Well, that's the beautiful thing, I think, about passion projects is like like Jessica said, you there's a little more room for people's voices to be heard when you come into a big like TV show that's already, you know, you don't even you get the script like two days before you're shooting. You're not. You're like, oh, my character's doing this now. Like, okay. And you kind of have to just work it out, which I don't always, I mean, it's exciting, but I don't always love it because I'm like, I, my husband and I talk about this. Like, you need to know what your character is capable of doing and becoming later. And you sometimes don't get that information. Now suddenly you're doing something in episode six that in two, you were like, oh my God. And it works and it can cut and it's all good, but it, it, it does become disconnected from the creatives mm -hmm. a little bit. And um what I loved about this is Jessica was so open to hearing. I always come in very respectfully. I'm not a writer. My husband is, I read everything he does and I give my ideas. And I, my first question is always like, just what's your message so that I know that my points, like I'm reading this with what we're trying to do together, what we want people to experience at the end. So I know what actually I'm saying is contributing or taking away. Like I need to, to, to know that. So that was the first thing. And then Jessica was so open to some of my ideas of just, you know, just certain writing things like and, and listening to things. And it was really nice in that way. But on the flip side, I also really appreciated how prepared Jessica was. I've been on sets that kind of get a little crazy. And I think when you're dealing with short films, you're not dealing with like this endless budget where everyone can just like, whatever, you know, like mm. you're, you got to get it done and you got to get the shots and you only have this short experience to get something great you know and I thought Jessica was so prepared and knew exactly what she wanted which I think is also on the flip side so important you need to have both it's like you need to it's like being a parent you got to have like such a schedule and then be so okay that there's no schedule at all like it's it's a balance and I really liked that because I was really impressed with how efficient Jessica was as a first time director of just like, no, we're doing this. No, I don't need that. And if something came up that was like a blip, I didn't even notice that there was a problem. And I'm sure there were blips. And I was just like, I'm having a great time over here. What's happening? Like I, which is nice for an actor because you don't, unless you're producing the thing, you don't really want to get involved in the blips. Cause then you start being like, do I have enough time to do what I'm doing? And I, you know, um, and I loved both sides of it. I like the stability that Jessica brought and the preparedness. Is that a word? Preparedness? It sounds good. It's it a is. word now. Um, it, it makes me sound good. So I love it. Yeah. And the, and the, I keep kicking my light and the, um, but then the collaborative aspects leading up to it. So that when we get to set, we're already grooved in. We're not trying to figure it out in the, in like, you know, when we're, you know, we're getting, we're losing the light or whatever. It's like, everything was ready. And then we go, which is why I love getting a script a little more in advance because you just get, 
it, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, oh, I have this other thought. What about this? You know? Incredible. Totally. Yeah. Consumed then, a darkly comedic horror short written and directed by you, Jessica, and starring you, Georgina. I just wanted to say I hope you're both extremely proud of what you accomplished here, having watched it four times now, uh, paused it way too many times to try and take all the detail in as well. I simply loved it. We are going to dance around spoilers here, uh, but incredible work. Thank you. Thank you so much. Jessica, talk to me about your vision here specifically. What did it first look like and how did that vision eventually translate into what we see on the screen? Yeah, so, okay, this is really funny. I grew up, and you'll appreciate this, uh, being in the UK. I grew up, oddly enough, like watching a ton of Monty Python, okay? Mm -hmm. I was obsessed with Monty Python as a kid. I don't know how, I don't know why. But when DVDs then became a thing and no longer VHS, I had seen like this advertisement for the full box set of Monty Python and the Flying Circus. And I like demanded that I got that for Christmas. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I've absorbed a lot of Monty Python and a lot of weird, right? Monty Python is very like strange on the fly, sort of taking small ideas and kind of building on them mm. and I think that's why I resonated with it so much because that's how I've always thought I don't think very linearly and I I kind of get these tiny little thoughts of things that then turn into something completely different and that's kind of what consumed was for me you know I'm always writing I've always been a writer and I like to write little ideas here and there and I thought about consumerism um, and I thought about kind of like the darker side of consumerism and how much it really affects us. And this is what Georgiana and I kind of really like expounded on. It's like, the idea is, is that we're in such a digital age, especially during, you know, the pandemic, everyone's kind of online and ordering things and kind of getting their kicks by stuff. Right. And it's interesting because on one, in one aspect, you're getting fed all these advertisements. Like if you just buy this, you're going to be happy. If you wear this, you're going to be cool. If you, you know, have the latest iPhone, you're going to be, I don't know, important. I don't know. Whatever it is, marketing throws shit at us all the time and it becomes control in a very like subtext kind of way in life because you don't even notice that you're no longer really the consumer, like the brand is consuming you, you know? It's like, you're taking over. You're sort of like, well, I'm not an Adidas girl. I'm a Nike's girl, or I'm not a, you know, it's like- Where well, you're like the walking at, you're the walking at. That's like- You're the, the walking at. Yeah, you become, you walk around, you take it out of the screen and then you walk around in it. Yeah, totally. And it's like, I had that idea off of a simple, tiny little thought um, about when I was a kid growing up and how much, you know, that kind of um, advertising went from sort of these infomercials to like what it is now, but it's all the same stuff. And I thought of that concept, right? Like the infomercial and how much control it had over us really in that like raging 90s, early 2000s kind of thing. And I thought in my weird Monty Python-esque way and my love for horror way, I thought, wow, wouldn't it be just so fucking funny if this infomercial controlled this individual, right? And I won't say too much more, obviously, but kind of walking into those elements of like consumerism, the control and sort of this oddball way that this entity sort of infiltrates our life here, right? And especially mm. during the time of vulnerability, you know, in the story, Tammy opens with having been sitting in this loss for like months on end. And so, you know, you know, she goes through her, problem by creating this sort of addiction 
Um, and that addiction has left her in a, in a place where she's like in, stuck in this loop as it is, you know? So those are sort of the elements that kind of came about. I know that's very like this strange, non-linear, not direct way of the thought, but, you know, <laughs> that was kind of it in a nutshell, you know, of how it, how it kind of was birthed. And it blossomed into what we got. Um, specifically then for you, Georgina, what was appealing for you about the role of Tammy? Um, I love, I've always loved this. Pontypool actually had a lot of this. I do love a performance where you don't say much. I mm. think as an actor, and I Pontypool actually taught me so much of that because I had to be recorded for so long watching things happen. And I was just used as the cut to like, I'm watching and I can't hear what's happening or whatever, you know, and I've had other roles. And I think that there's something to be said for being able to do a performance and communicate things without your lines. If anything, I kind of love taking away lines, like, which seems funny for an actor. People are like, write me a monologue. And I'm like, I mean, sure, I love a monologue, but I think it's also, it's a skill to be there and convey your feelings in a way that's subtle enough that it people get it, but that it's not too much. I find that a challenge in an interesting way. And, and um, that was one thing I knew the performance was gonna require. I also really liked the message about consumerism. Like I said, I care about what I put my work to and I did like, I agree with it. And I, I'm definitely, I mean, as a new mom, when I was a new mom, um, you know, I'd be up breastfeeding like so late at night and I go on my phone and I would end up, Mark would be like, what are these things you're buying at like four in the morning? Like, what is this? And at the time I was like, I don't know. They got me. It seemed like really great. I thought we could clean the hair off the couch easier <laughs> with the thing. And I was like, you know, it's true. We just like, there's a fun aspect to it, but there's also this aspect of like, like sitting there in any way, not even just buying things, but you are buying things because you're buying someone else's life sometimes. You're just looking at someone else's life and you're like, I want to, I want my life to look like that. So I guess I got to buy the things they're talking about or like the sportswear they're wearing or, you know, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, there's people who sell products and that's okay. Like, you know, there's beautiful candles, there's beautiful things to have. But I do think there comes a point of like what, what's the line of like, like Jessica said, like, when is it reversing on me? And it's not actually me being in control of creating my life. It's being created for me and I'm being told what to do. And that is just an important message to me. So I was like, I want to back this up. And I, that was a big part of it. And um, yeah, those are my two answers. Yeah. No, it's funny you were talking about this and the aspect of the short overall is 10 minutes before we jumped into this interview, I went online to a well-known online retailer that will deliver within a day, sometimes if not quicker, to pick up some mic mufflers and ended up walking out with several different things that I didn't think I needed, but I felt that I suddenly did. So yeah, timing was terrible. Yeah, that's, well, that's Target for me. Well, that's what I think is really interesting about Consumed. It's like, you know, I love the idea of getting... in putting putting these small type of ideas in people's heads and kind of like making them aware of something that I find to be odd and peculiar. And it's like a communication coming from me in terms of that idea. And I love that you kind of even thought of your own, uh, your own instance of that occurring because that's the point of consumed at the end of the day is to get people talking, having a conversation about it and thinking about, wait a minute, I wonder how much I am being really kind of controlled and how much of it is my own originated sort of desire or want, or is it a desire or origination coming from someone else, right? Mm. Well, there is actually a lot going on in the show, at least from my perspective. Perhaps you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe we have an obviously the overarching theme of obsessive consumerism, grief, the breakdown of a relationship, depression, the curse of basically having everything at our fingertips. And of course, we have that dark comedic tone shift that moves the horror into short into horror locales. This is all an incredible balancing act for what is uh, around 10 minutes worth of film. 
did you find that difficult creating this balance next and holding it all together it's interesting because i think that it wasn't difficult only because i think that's the way that i think of things i think of things in so many different aspects to a story that i love to sort of like make sure each one of those thoughts are sort of like conveyed mm. and um you totally nailed it i feel i feel like you really understood which makes me happy you understood sort of the different underlying themes because you could just say oh this is a horror about you know this evil you know infomercial which is true to a degree but there's so much happening that led up to that uh that i think is kind of like true about real life you know what i mean like we're not just sitting there uh doing nothing and then something happens it's like we also have so many things going on like we might have had a really bad day and we're struggling with a coworker, and we also have our wife's birthday that we needed to get the flowers for and the you know there's just so many things happening at one time that I felt that was important to sort of make sure you had that right that you had the relationship between the wife and the husband and where they're at but also what's happening with Tammy and how she's had this struggle for a while due to her loss and also what does this entity want and how he's sort mm. of like infiltrating you know infiltrating their lives and how does a marriage also affect one another uh to the point where you know this guy's doing great and she's doing bad and maybe that reverses right so i think i just think that way in so many different little tiny points that it was like i couldn't not do that you know Regina, were you surprised um, to find that the character of Tammy had so much emotion in it? I, I want to mention just a specific scene. It's funny, it kind of ties back to what you said about no words being said, but probably my favourite scene from it, without this isn't really spoilers, is uh, when the room is looked into and the husband looks back at Tammy and it's Tammy's facial expression there. It almost feels of shame, guilt, sorrow and all of that. Were you aware of um, the level of emotion that was on the page or was it something you personally brought? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's a collaboration. I think it was both. I think I knew, I mean, Jessica was pretty like, I need, we really, because it's a short film, because you have to get so much in, you, you do need to, as a director, like control the beats because mm. you've got to get them all in. And I think Jessica really, like was like, I think it's here, we're having a bit of that. And then we have a little bit of this and we have a little bit of that. And like, it was a lot of switcheroo throughout. And especially when I'm watching the commercial, like all these different emotions. Um, but that's also something that I definitely saw in, in the character and like the depth of her. I mean, it's grief, but then it's even more below that. It's kind of like the full give up, you know, there's also like an apathy aspect to it. And that, you know, and he, I, I mean, I'm Matt, I mean, Matt's character, obviously, in my opinion, has obviously been complacent for a little too long. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we've gotten to this point. It's not all on Tammy. Like, he's obviously mm. been like, fine. I guess this is fine. I guess this is fine. And now we're here. And like, Jessica was saying, life doesn't happen suddenly, like just one huge thing. It's like yeah. tiny. It's an accumulation of experiences that lead to these conditions that occur. And I think the boxes behind Tammy and all the the universe it's created you, you know it's been there for a long time this hasn't been like a week you know and I that's what I loved about the emotion I loved the shame and I'm a very animated person as you can see I'm not you know and I I'm sure I, I so I I find it interesting to play small introverted characters because I'm not really <laughs> Um, so for me, that's fun. Cause it's a challenge of like, wow, I gotta like really just like bring this down to a much smaller size. And, and also sometimes I'm not sure. I always check the shot. I'm like, well, how close are we on them? Like, what are we doing here of how much I need to put out? But that's so fun for me because it's tweaking. It's doing something that's very 
I love it, but it is sometimes complicated and I have to, and it's technical. It's not always just like being in a character. Like I am being the character, but there's also things I know that I'm like, okay, we're coming to a shift here. So it's like mm. cool, like puppetry. Well, you had me convinced. I mean, I can't stress enough. I absolutely loved it. But part of the reason why I loved it is pretty much for the first half uh, that really, really drew me in. And I started to wonder, oh, this isn't comedic. Like, where, where, where's this dark comedic t part of it? And then, of course, we do get a sort of turn on that. Without going into too much detail, the infomercial <laughs> is quite something. It is uh, pops on the screen quite literally. And it looks like it was a lot of fun. Was it? Uh, it was so fun. So... We shot that the first day and that was with Shaw uh, Jones and Deirdre Devlin and they are just so great. You know, Shaw was actually the first person that I approached to do the role because I don't know if you're familiar with American infomercials, but mm. we had this sham wow guy in the like early 2000s and Shaw just like perfectly embodied that guy. And I'd worked with Shaw luckily on another project uh, and loved him since then. He agreed right away, sight unseen on the script. He just said, yeah, sure, I'm gonna, I'll do whatever you want. And we had a blast on that day, you know? And Deirdre Devlin, who's a fabulous writer, actor herself, you know, I approached her because we share a love for, for horror. And I said, hey, uh, are you down to do this crazy role? And I won't give it away. <laughs> what she does but she immediately said absolutely yes so you know walking into it they have this beautiful energy between them that is kind of a mix between like fun and uncomfortable mm. and dark and strange so when you watch that connection, <laughs> you kind of like first kind of go yeah you know and and <laughs> cool okay this is this is cool, right? And that quickly obviously goes uh, steps in the direction of strange, unusual, and then quite terrifying. So, you know, we'll we'll let uh, the audience later on uh, get a gist of what that is. But so much fun. Loved, loved all of that process. And I honestly just couldn't have asked for a better cast for that part, you know, for that section of the film as well, you know? We are doing our best to dance around spoilers here. So let's move away from no. the plot. And individually, I would love you to tell me what what has been, what was the most satisfying um, part of the experience of Creighton's Consumed? Uh, starting with you, Georgina. What is the most, sorry, what was the word you used? Satisfying? Most satisfying. Um, you know, it was just a really great group of people that Jessica got together. And like Jessica said earlier in the interview, like working with, you know, working with great people on set is just so, it's not, it's rare, like that everybody is like, like working really well together. And there's just like a nice vibe going on. And, and I think, like you said, um, Jessica kind of sets the precedent for how you would like your sets to be and and who you work with. And that was really satisfying because I just felt one, I was like, I'm excited to be a part of this artistically, but then for the experience to also be great, it just makes everything worth it with how hard everybody works. Like everybody works so hard on sets. Like it's long hours. It's, there's a lot of things get go wrong. There's complications. So having people that just like, are polite, do their job, show up on time, like are just there and want to be there and are really like, we're making a movie together. It's mm. not, I'm doing this thing over here and this person's doing that over there. Or I'm doing this just to make my resume better. Or I'm doing that. That's not a group. That's just like everyone sort of like, whatever. It was just like, we're doing this. We're making this thing. And, and, and for me to go home feeling not only satisfied artistically, like I did a good job today. I was really proud of my work on it. And I was proud of my work on it and, and it's, it's quiet work. And sometimes on set, you're like, not sure how that's going. When you have lines, you can kind of feel like you're like, yeah, that was like a good zinger, wasn't it? You know, like, but when it's quiet, 
you know, you're not, you're like, well, I was quiet. I don't know. Like it seemed, and she just was very acknowledging. And, and that's also really important as a director that like you do a take and they're like, thank you. Like sometimes you do take after take and no one says anything. And you're just like, I don't know anymore. Like, you know, it's so important. So just creatively it was satisfying as a group activity. It was really satisfying and, and, you know, and I think people enjoy it. I think it's a fun, I think it's a fun ride. And I think Jessica has a really strong, unique voice as a director, which to pull off in your first short film doesn't happen that often. To me, to the shots that she chose, you know, the, the interesting ways that she had the camera go, the colors, the set design, like everything had a mood and was very specific. And I think that's what sets apart artists is that, that you're like, oh, that's that, that's a Tarantino, you know, that's a this, you know, and I think that was also cool for me when I saw the finished product. I was like, wow, this is like, this is really good. This, this is a first time director situation here. This is, this is great. Well, I love you for all of that. You're the you're best. Welcome. Did I, did I say everything you wrote down? <laughs> oh my goodness I I love it makes me it just like conjures up the interview like when you're talking about all those things like conjures up all those warm fuzzy like feelings of like when we set out to do this you know and I think what was like the most satisfying thing for me was I had this concept it was just a concept that was it and seeing it go from that and and from the point that I made the decision uh, and I think what's interesting is I've heard this a million times from the greats, speaking of Tarantino, you know, it's like these filmmakers say, oh yeah, just pick up the, you want to shoot something, pick up the camera and shoot or what's stopping you, right? Like go mm -hmm. shoot it. I think, you know, I'm always great when I'm a producer because I'm so confident in doing someone else's work. And then I had to kind of break through that barrier for my own work to like kind of go no I believe in I believe in this and I believe in me and and why not take a bet on that and when I made that decision I had no finalized script no cast no crew no money uh, I had nothing other than the idea and to see it go from that all the way through to its completion it was like almost like the universe kind of went hey you made a good decision by doing this here let's let's help you out. And people just started kind of coming on and, and being like, yeah, I like this. And like Georgina, you know, it's like people I admire and respect as artists, like started saying yes to me. And that was crazy. And that was satisfying. And that was like, okay, maybe I can do this. And especially like being a female in this very male dominated space. And, you know, horror is very male dominated as well. Totally fine. There's amazing uh, men and women artists but that was an extra factor of like oh I don't know but once I broke through that barrier it was like hey I can do this too and like people believe in me and believe in that and that just like was so touching for me and just so rewarding and as you say satisfying like I love that word that you chose you know it's just like I did feel satisfied at the end I felt satisfied that I've made the decision and just that alone is I think what gave it the power like you decide you make up your mind and 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 I also think it's this I think if you're clear as an artist in terms of what you want to say and how you want to say it people will resonate with that alone so whether they like horror mm -hmm. or they don't I think anyone could watch this film and at least see what the communication is and have something to contribute to it yeah there's my spiel <laughs> yeah it's simply incredible listening to you both talk here your passion and enthusiasm for the film uh shines through it generally leads me because we've been on call now for over 50 minutes so <gasps> and yes so I, I have one it. more for you. Yes, <laughs> one more for you then, which is simply this. Everybody needs to see this. It's the hardest part, arguably, uh, to come next, which is getting this out there and letting people see it and drawing attention to it via whatever it might be, social media and so on. What plans do you have in place, if any, that you can talk to me about, about getting consumed out and about this year? 
Totally. Well, right now we've we're playing the long game of the film festivals. As you know, you you enter and you hear back many months later. So, you know, we've entered to I think some festivals that we all are are really excited about that we that we believe would be the right fit. Um, and we've got a few, you know, starting of that percolation of interest in the film and 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 we are you know, we've set up our, our social media account so that we can make sure that we let people know as it comes out uh, mm -hmm. what festivals are going to play, how you can watch it. We're looking at a few online festivals because we know travel is hard. The pandemic is still sort of kind of lingering on. So we'd love for people to, to be able to watch it on online festivals. We'd, we'd love to take this worldwide so people can kind of get to see what it's all about. You know, Georgina is UK born and raised, worked in Canada. I myself am US based. We've got people around the world. So we want people to watch it for sure. And we're just eager to hear back in the coming months of the festivals and we'll be getting that out on social media. So stay glued to your social media um, for updates as they come right. in, basically. Right. Not too glued, <laughs> but glued just enough. <laughs> <laughs> fingers crossed um it ends up being a very successful end of year and into 2024 as well um georgina jessica this has been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for taking the time to do this oh thank you yeah Matt. thank you this was fun. fun yeah we love it we love you guys so can't wait to uh give you the updates on consumed Thank you very much for watching. If you liked what you saw, please help us out by giving us a thumbs up and hitting that subscribe button. If you really liked what you saw, consider donating to keep the website and channel running by buying us a coffee via our coffee page or picking up some merch from our big cartel store. You can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as via our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as listen to our interviews via SoundCloud, Apple Music, and Spotify. Just search for GBHBL games, horror, and heavy metal. What else is life for?